was a pretty good show. Seven out of ten. What should we watch next? Greg? Why are you making a start off before I can get to my my <laughs> last time I had to call you out on the whole like no because if this is most disorganized it'd be like a hello and welcome back to yeah when I had a mouthful of pop tarts I guess that wasn't last time so the Zach episode jeez we've done a time we've done is an weird awful lot of episodes for two episodes we were going to do <laughs> yeah and I almost bullied you into another one because like I have stuff to rant about with episode five through seven but. Hello yeah! and welcome back to Rebel Air, a Star Wars animated live action whatever series fan cast. I'm your host, Greg. And I'm Kaki. And Greg has just finished showing me the first of, by God, at least more than one season of Ahsoka. Because otherwise... Dave. Yes. Dave. Dave. Today we're talking about Ahsoka season one. Better be season one, episode eight, The Jedi, The Witch, and The who, Warlord. Who titled this? And how did my future self Probably travel Dave. through time? Probably I Dave. I don't know, Greg. Written by Dave Filoni and directed by Rick Famuyiwa. I love him so much. Rick is, is a phenomenal, phenomenal he director. Really is. He He's done some really fantastic things. To confront... Nope, sorry. This is going to get thrown SMR. Here we go. To confront the Jedi, Elspeth is gifted a sword by the Great Mothers, while Bridger. Okay, this is a little too Bridger Kylo. Bridger constructs a new light. It is a little bit Kylo, isn't it? So you're a little too close. The <laughs> ship is damaged by the fighter attack at Soko Red, and Bridger make their way on foot even closer. I'm taking the I'm taking the pop filter off. That's how close I'm getting. Make their way on foot to the Chimera, but are confronted by Elspeth and the Night Troopers! What the fuck are Night Troopers? We've got zombies now! I'm so sorry. This is so uncomfortable. Okay, fine, fine. <laughs> They're confronted by Elspeth and the Night Troopers, whom the Great Mother keep resurrecting after they are killed. Ren uses the Force to help Bridger jump onto the Chimera, while Ahsoka kills Elspeth. The Eye of Sion jumps to hyperspace, leaving Ahsoka... Ren and Huyang stranded on Peridia. Is that what it's called? Or Peridia? Peridia. No, of course, that's what it's called. As, as Thrawn and the Great Mothers arrive over Dathomir, Bridger escapes and reunites with Sindula and Chopper. Ahsoka, Ren, and Huyang make their new home on Peridia. Hati joins the bandits, while Skull is guided to a mountain by a statue of... Oh, f It's the Mortis God! I did... It's the... Can I, cancel, cancel show. See, I clocked that right away, but of course again. I clocked Shut that up, right Greg. away. Shut up, Greg. I'm going to watch this episode again, start to finish, whole <laughs> season. I'll be back in eight and a half hours. Now it's your turn to hold up your wee-wee in the podcasting tower. You know, we sort of discussed how we would do this series and that I promised I'd retain my vow of celibacy and I wouldn't watch the last episode. And I was really wondering how this was going to turn out, Greg, right? Because structurally, mm -hmm. ooh. I wasn't sure what was going to happen. Would the last episode sort of betray the tempo that had been set up by this series? Or yeah. right, would it continue in that vein and just not like result in a, in a really climactic resolution? I mean, it's a partial resolution. But it's not as if Thrones defeated. It's not as if the war has started. Because this time I don't have to wait like a year and a half to share this with you. Can you uh, tell how emotionally we is... are from watching this episode, by the way? My question for you, Kaki, is, hey, Dave, what the f***, Dave? What? 
Dave, what the fuck is this? No, no, I'm not joining you. Dave has given no, me no, no, like, no, such like, a gift. It's absolutely fantastic. And like, I can see how things are going to progress from here. And I have like ideas on how things can, can happen with like next season or however they're going to be continuing this, this story. But at the same time, it's just like my heart. So just, just, just like gut reaction from you. Gut reaction from you. Right, I've, got, I've, I've been processing it while I've been screaming about various things. And here is a... Well, but specifically, specifically... When Thrawn says, Long live the Empire. How did you react towards that? I was, I'm not really into Thrawn taunting people because I've seen him do it to Hera and I know there's a fatuous windbag. <laughs> right? He overestimates his own sort of dignity and civility and he isn't worth that because he is a, a vulgar man. He clouds yeah. his, his sadism under superiority. He treats people like things, right, at their core. Yeah, I can say that for me, like, when that line happened, my stomach dropped and it just kind of felt like the floor got pulled out from under me because I knew, like, they were going to be trapped here. And I was just like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, it's not so... Okay, here's the controversial, brave opinion. If we don't get a season two i will not be heartbroken i'll be disappointed because i want to see more mm -hmm. but my heart is satisfied by what we've seen the relationships that have been developed like the goals that have been pursued everyone that i care about even though they're not where they want to be they've chased away their they faced their demons they're together with the people who who matter to them and they're mature enough and experienced enough to deal with the loss that they're faced and like seize opportunities that may appear to them like this planet peridia They've got friends there, right? The Noti are amazing. There's clearly a lot more to this planet than, than we're aware of. Uh, Timey-wimey shit that, uh, that Skull is after that we may not know. I did not recognize them as the Mortis Gods, by the way. I just thought that they were the, the, the fucking Argonath. I saw the hand and I was like, oh, maybe. And then I saw like the hat and I was like, Okay, no, that's definitely, that's definitely that's the, amazing. yeah, yeah, that, that, ha and then I saw, like, the sun on the side, and, like, it looked that's like amazing. there was a place where the daughter was that was, like, possibly destroyed. But, like, um, this is, I am so happy with this series. It's so satisfying, and I'm really looking forward to watching it again without, like, holding my breath what kind of trick is going to be pulled in order to, like, complete this story. No, no, I, I shouldn't have worried. They're not worried about, like, completing the story. They're concerned with advancing it, and clearly there was confidence in the second season. Who are they going to cast a skull? Yeah, that is something that I was kind of I kind of want an announcement is... of that, like, real soon. Recasting feels like the only appropriate mm -hmm. choice because like there's not like we had enough of Ray Stevenson as Bale Skull for this. And you could kind of do some creative stuff with like having Hati potentially finding stuff or having Sabine and Nasoka finding like being on his trail, never quite seeing him. But that feels cheap. Yeah. That, that, like even as I'm describing it's like that's an option, but it just feels like you you have to recast him. Um, yes. Which is just like a, a, a shame as well because just like but, but it's just like the reality of Ray Stevenson's untimely yeah. passing that like it just that that that's it's a decision that now has to be faced. Um, and just like lean into it. I, I think of a famous recasting like Spartacus in the in, in the Spartacus series, 
where the the, the mm-hmm. excellent original which which was also based on of also the tragic death as yes, well wasn't it yes was it, not? It, was a, it was a battle with cancer where the like the second season mm-hmm. was a flashback so he would have time for his treatments which ultimately did not save his life but then the like the recasting yeah. was was very deliberate and this is a a different actor, also a different sort of affectation or affect, I should say, much in the way that Dario Naharis in Game of Thrones was recast yeah, with, a, with yeah. a Dutch actor. Very different hair color, very different attitude. And just this is Dario now. This is Spartacus now. And like, I mean, Oded Fair is doing Star Trek, but I don't think any of us could get enough of someone like Oded Fair. Can you imagine him? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. See, you say that. Here's kind of my Yeah. Anson Mount. <laughs> oh no! Oh wow! You don't quite do it. That's even better. Because what you said with Ray Stevenson is that he still has very kind yes, eyes. Even absolutely. when he's even when he's doing this stuff, there's still just like this empathy, this warmth that's still kind of like underneath all yes. of the like what he's doing, which like isn't even like horrific it's not like he's doing like war crimes he has a mission and he's like focused on it and yeah it's i don't know he's not doing anything that he's, like lando would he, do or han yeah no, no no exactly exactly so it's not like it's i mean like even the way that he and hottie's arrival is shown in the first episode is very reminiscent of like how luke's arrival was in the end of season two of oh yeah like it's very reminiscent of yeah. that i mean if it was stormtroopers they could do the exact same thing as if it was the Dark Troopers. Yeah. I do want to get, go go through the episode. I have a couple things I need I want to talk about with with just like episodes five through seven. Okay. Like I don't have a lot, so we, we don't have to like dwell on it quite so much. I think a lot of our listeners are gonna clip that little sound bite out and then look at the amount of time that passes before we get back to this episode. Chucky, this episode cannot be six hours. This episode, we cannot have another, like, another six hour bite. recording session like we did last time. That was. Listen, we'll see how we. Okay, I'm going to hold you to a little budget. You're going to get to say three things, three sentences about episode five. And based on that, you know, whether you have a complete meltdown or whether you're actually successful at it, I will define the rules for, for the rest of the, the episodes. Is that fair? doesn't have to be fair because i'm the puppet master now because i've said it haven't i and i can see you feverishly retyping your notes how many pages was it are you are you just feeding like an 86 page document no. into chat gpt can you condense this into three lines that would satisfy uh, the, 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 the the tyrannical capriciousness well, of my cocky, co-host cocky, yes? I- I think that you need to pull out your bingo card too while I start oh, this because my I uh... damn thing. Wait, be right back. <laughs> there was a droid who had a card and chopper was his name. Oh, C one one O P C one one O P C one one O P and chopper was his name. Oh, Whew. sure did get excited there. Maybe you should speak for a little bit while forty two year old cocky catches okay, his okay. Well, well, from some stairs. Well, you look at that and kind of get ready. The flashback sequence in episode five with young Ahsoka and, and Tamora Morrison as Captain Rex and Anakin and everything was just, it was just incredible. And like, I was screaming at the TV, basically the entire like 45 minute runtime. I was foaming at the mouth and Ariana Greenblatt as young Ahsoka was amazing. I was doing so many 
just small motions that were just like, that's what the animated Ahsoka did. And it was yeah. incredible. And she was young Gamora in uh, Avengers her. Endgame. I and, knew I recognized her from somewhere. And, and, yes. And just loved her. And and Hayden throughout all of that. Hayden throughout all of that just felt yes. like Matt Lanter's Anakin. And it was, I, I don't know, just, just, just all that was, was fantastic. And I just loved seeing him get to do that. I don't think that his face was CG. I think it was the lighting in the World Between Worlds that made it look kind of weird because like the rest of the episode, it didn't look like CG, but when they were all over Between Worlds, it was kind of off. And I wasn't sure if that was because it's the World Between Worlds and the lighting is kind of weird, but it didn't look CG. I mean, Hayden Christensen- Throughout the rest of that episode. my age, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a man of Asian descent, and like many of us, we have the property that we preserve really quite well, and then one day we take a nosedive and become a hill witch. I have not yet reached that day, but one can tell. <laughs> Regardless of light, one can tell. I am a man in my 40s. But, like, I was looking at it, and it didn't look okay. like there was anything. But hey, I, I'm gonna, like, I mean, like... like, Greg, like I'm going to break this rule that I set for you, because I actually want to know a lot about episode five. You call it a flashback. I mean, no, right? Flashback, vision, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But it's a I mean, targeted force vision. It was a lesson yes, that yes, Snoke really, needed yeah. to learn. And I couldn't interpret the lesson because I don't know Clone Wars like you do. I don't understand what she was being taught by these examples. So I figured out my interpretation while I was making notes for it, but I feel like... I think I want to wait to say that one until it gets in the in the episode. Oh, That's okay. okay, okay. Now I now I understand. <laughs> so the next thing is kind of just moving into just episode six with the Great Mothers because, as a friend of ours, I believe Erkion pointed it out that the Great Mothers were named after the Fates in Greek mythology. Oh, is that it? But they don't get named on screen, do they? They don't get named on screen, but they are named in the credits. Right. So if you look in the credits, the names are Clothau, Actropau, and Lachesis. And in in the mythology, it's Clotho, Atropo, and Lachesis. Excellent Greek pronunciation there. And Clotho is played by uh, Claudia Black. We are at your service, my lord. Who yes! you know as Aaron Singh from Farscape, and I know Chloe Fraser. Yeah, Chloe Fraser. No, that was that was how I first got introduced to her was making moves on Nathan Drake. Mm. Um, she was also the admiral for Mass Effect. Two was it? A three on the on the migrant fleet. Two, yes. And she was also Vala in Stargate SG One. Just fantastic. Yeah. And the second that I saw it, I was like, kind of freaking out because I was like, oh, this is. I knew that you would make a big, big impression yeah. for you. Well, <laughs> so you know, I didn't catch it. Uh, I kind of shamed my my whole sort of family because I did just finish a three-year podcast about Farscape where we looked at her beautiful face and her fantastic acting ability every week for three years. And I didn't see it. I did hear it. I didn't hear it really until like this time around. I was like, okay, now I'm really hearing Claudia a little more. But they more. didn't speak like, individually so much previously. Like they, they spoke together as a chorus, much like the fates. Welcome, child of Dathomir. You do our ancestors credit. Yeah, and like I could hear her in there, but I couldn't really identify which one was her. And then like the makeup doesn't help matters. Right, yeah. And the the voice modulation also doesn't help. Speaking of voice I modulation, I never heard West nope. Chatham as Enoch. Nope. Grand Admiral. The mercenaries have departed. I should have, given that like I 
adore Wes Chatham and like he's just a giant nerd and like Wes Chatham being Amos Burton from The Expanse, from the Expanse in my notes. You're not that guy. I am that guy. Because. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> hey, but hang on. So Wes much. Chatham as Skull. Think about it. I mean, he's like a foot shorter than. It doesn't matter. Uh, we recast it. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying it matters. I'm just, just saying like, of, he, like is, he is a shorter person. presence, the yeah, charm, no. the menace. Oh, that'd be, that how would be good. Would, how cool that, would that be? What was up with like the, the night troopers chanting Thrawn as he's marching out? Like... Thrawn has a cult. Yeah. Yeah, he does a little bit. Hey... Were they night troopers before they died and were resurrected, or They're referred to as night troopers beforehand? Yes, but they were. This is an interesting episode where we're going all over the place. Like, I, I sure hope you have just recently watched this episode that we're talking about. I mean, if you haven't, why are you listening to this? No, we, we we spoiled it within the first no, but it's five a... minutes. We love you, but why? Are you... So if you we haven't have seen historically it done recaps, right, that were detailed and structured enough that people who hadn't recently seen it could follow along. But people who have seen this episode at some point and are coming back, you know what? I'll enjoy that lovely episode of Rebel Air. Oh no, these are the deranged ramblings of some time travelers who've just eaten a few too many drug mushrooms. Do you remember what you what you mentioned when Senator Ziono mm. insulted C three PO? This is preposterous. The court cannot admit evidence of this kind from a mere droid. What? What? You told me, I believe. The camera would cut back, and the chair would be spinning around so fast because you would have to make a chop while Chopper was still like freaking out. <laughs> okay, we really are mushroomed up time travelers because Greg, you told me that, and I I appreciate that, but that came from your brain. I said I will pull up the receipts. I said you'd have already taken the shot, and you said the chair would cut back. It would cut back to him with the chair spinning around oh, in a whoa, circle. Really? That, you I said am the really chair. Cool. Okay. You said the chair okay. part. Okay. I I take <laughs> it back. Kaki, Kaki, we just we just co we just combined. We just we, we're on the same wavelength, so we just combined it's, itself. Like no, oh, that's all it is. I really like that. We've we've really gelled as master and padawan. Uh, a relationship that is as challenging as it is meaningful. Oh, God, I'm just... That sounds ominous. No, it's not. It's really good. Because this episode, I know you want to talk about, like, the, <laughs> the, the other ones, but my chair is still spinning, and with me in it... No, 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 I, that's, that's in my notes. That's in my notes for the other episode. Okay, okay. Ahsoka gets to resolve her conflicted relationship with Anakin. What an amazing thing. Yeah. Yeah. And what an incredible like feat of realization and mental clarity that she can have resolution in the relationship that she had with a mass murderer, a war criminal, a dictator, a cruel yeah. sadist who earned redemption, at least in the eyes of the Force, and who was another person before he was all those things. Redemption is... Uh, is a complicated term. One doesn't just redeem oneself, right? It's granted in the perception yeah. of others. Darth Vader is dead. Even though Anakin lives beyond his death. Where were we? Oh yeah, bingo. 
Yeah, bingo. There was a direct mention to Mandalorian. What about the conflict on Mandalore? Okay, yeah, Mandalorian series reference, check. Top left to top right. Chopper commits a war crime. We put a, a, a maybe there. I'm thinking no. Yes, yeah, no, no. It didn't, it didn't. Live action Ahsoka and Vader flashback. Hell yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Legends character design made canon. E-Wings, definitely. Uh, next one is Mortis reference. Uh-huh. Definitely at the end there. Uh-huh. I mean, like 100% at the I'm end so there. I'm so glad you told me that. I could have totally missed it. I would not have. No, I know. Um, don't worry. I would have. <laughs> yeah. I would not have let you like not have that. <laughs> I'm so glad we're friends, Greg. I'm so happy. Hera dodging enemy fire while parenting Jason. Alas, no. No, right? No. Okay. Next line: helicopter inquisitor. Did we have that? No, no not, not really. In this one, right? He, um... Zeb and Kalos on Lyrasan. Boo! No, we were denied. Hondo. Yay! No. Freddie Prince Jr. cameo. <laughs> no. Not really. If you dropped? look really closely, Wait, if you look really, really, really closely on the ghost control panel, you can see a physical photo like kind of tucked behind one of the instruments uh, that looks like it's Freddie. You're kidding me. I am not. But like, that, <sighs> I, I wouldn't count Did that. I would not count that. For a day's shooting. I would not count that. For, for, um, specifically it, for the word cameo, if you'd said appearance on the bingo. Yeah, no, no, exactly, right? exactly. Okay, so and... that's a, that's another no. Ooh, new weird force shit. Hell yes! Was it weird force shit or was it Dathomir magic? Or are they? Or is it? Or is Dathomir magic also Ooh. weird force shit? <laughs> I don't know that. I don't know whether they're the, whether it's you know two names for the same thing or whether it's just its own thing. And we have seen Dathomir zombies before in uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Oh, yeah. But you know what? The world between worlds and whatever it was that happened there, I think that's new foreshit. Oh, yes, duh, and the sea. And hearing, right, Jason? Yes, yes. oh man, oh man, Jason, Jason, that was one thing that I didn't really, like, Amazing. mention, but, like, I just want to see more of Jason because he was so, I don't know. I was really impressed with the young actor. I was really impressed with the young actor and I want more Jason. Yes, absolutely. Hey Dave, I know you're listening. I know you're listening, Dave. Give me more. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, definitely new weird force shit. Okay, next one. Free space whales. Yay. Let's have that one. Live action Lothwolf. They're called Howlers. No. No, no, the no, the right. howlers are just are are different enough. The howlers are cool. I really like the howlers. I do too, but they're not loth wolves. But is this not? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Do we take the the literal meaning, or do we take the spirit? Because they're, they're... when I wrote it, I was meaning a literal yeah, okay, loth. Okay, okay, okay. Sabine vandalizing imperial property. This one is so difficult because what is vandalism? Right, opening fire on imperial property is that vandalism? It's no, that's Tuesday. Yeah, I used to be. But you get a Rex cameo, though. Nice work, Commander. We'll secure the perimeter. Oh, 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 hold on, hold on. I wasn't there yet. I wasn't there yet. Rex cameo, yeah, coming down there. I am the Bendu. No. Where was Ahsoka during the original trilogy? Training Sabine is kind of what it, what was implied here. So no, I feel no, like that's no, no. kind of. During the original trilogy. 
No, but they were training beforehand. We don't know that. They were training, and then Ahsoka left and stopped training her during the purge, which ah, uh, Yang yes. says is yep. happened at the end of the yes. war. So yes, yes this I would gets say that's what it, yes, yes, it's a yes. Oh, new cute droid slash animal to merchandise. The Nodi. Yeah, I was going to say it's not a droid, it's not an animal, but it's absolutely what was meant here, right? Yes, like uh, oh, that, otherwise uh, the yeah, howler. I would. Oh my gosh, the howler! Right. I love the howler so much. Sabine with the howler, like chasing, like kind of following her back again. Just like, wait, I want to be your friend still. I'll be your friend still. I was, I love I know, that. old Yeller this coming after sequence. her, even so she sent him away. <laughs> no great Rook reference. No, unfortunately. Isalamari? Isalamari mentioned reference. Nope. nope. Isalamari were like the force negating lizards that uh, Thrawn oh. had in the EU. Well. Uh, speaking of him, only seeing Thrawn at the very end of episode two. No, they made his way, didn't they? Yeah, absolutely not. Nope. Order 66 they, again? Thankfully not. I mean, not really. We saw like the seizure of Mandalore, but we didn't see like Order 66. We didn't see like... No, exactly. And we didn't have a CGI Luke. And that... We did not get a bingo in... That means... I don't think so. No, we do have a Connect 4. I don't know... I don't know which game we're playing. So there's a Connect Four in there. <laughs> Almost an hour in. I think it's time to get to the actual episode. Yeah! <laughs> Sinister drumming is where we start. <laughs> the Kiner's music throughout this whole thing. Like, I don't need to say every single time their music hits during this, but the music throughout all of this, this whole season was incredible. I... These choices. We have fiddle. At the very end, we have these really sort of restrained synths. We have these cool drums. We have so many choices. Uh, Skull's music includes discordant piano notes. Oh, yeah. Because I've been listening to the soundtrack for one through four on repeat. And (laughs) the stuff that plays when Skull is like going through the hallway is just like discordant piano notes. And it's like, oh, this is kind of wrong, kind of sinister, but kind of not like it. Oh, just. Love it so much. So, Kinders, love you so much. It is just gorgeous. It starts off with this pan-up shot of of Peridia and the the Chimera. And the Chimera with like being able to really clearly see the design. Yeah, it looks continuous um, with the the fortress of the Great yeah. Mothers docked right there and we go to the top where Thrawn is kind of talking with the Great Mothers about like Grand Admiral the cargo transfer is complete good very good indeed I want to know what this cargo is do you have a suspicion from the EU Greg because it's a lot of crates a lot of they look like coffins it's funny that you mentioned... Did you say coffins? Uh-huh. That's what they look like, isn't it? Yeah. That's what it looked like. That's what I've been talking with other people that it all looked like. And then I went to Wikipedia for this to help with like different appearances and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. And Wikipedia says it's coffins, too. So uh, that seems to be the yeah. prevailing theory that it's coffins. And they're going to Dathomir, where we already know there's like dead people cocooned in their stuff. So, like... This is going to be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Dathomir, 
when the mothers come out and they give Morgan Elsbeth the gift of shadows. And yeah, she's given the blade of Talzin is what they call it. Yeah. Now, Mother Talzin was like the head of the Dathomir Night Sisters that we saw through Clone Wars. Oh, wow. She- Mother Talzin's the one that kind of like made Darth Maul a threat to the galaxy again uh, because oh. his brother, who was also played by Clancy Brown, Savage Press, was like, maybe you should go and like find find your brother. And then they kind of went on a rampage together. Cool. Um, it was two, two horny bros uh, roaming the galaxy. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> uh, but, but, but yes, yes. And Mother Talzin fought Mace Windu. Blade. With this so blade. Like this like weird ethereal yeah with this weird like ethereal blade they can like conjure using night sister magic and it's yes great it's, it's great. really great i love it i don't even care that it's in a different galaxy because it's just magicy magicy do you notice the multiple spellings of magic in the subtitles yeah, sometimes it well, like when Thrawn was saying it seemed to be G I C K when the Knights were doing it, it was J I K. Yeah, which is also kind of like how I've seen like subtitles saying different things for Balin Skull. Sometimes it's with an O N, sometimes with an A N, and it's like I don't know which one it is at this point. Well, and I just I've done some subcontracting for translation cleanup for Netflix, and let me tell you, that's a gap rich system. I, I'm not like complaining. I know it's just yeah. like the, the, there was a yeah, time yeah. that there were people who were responsible for those translations and took care of them. Now it's it's just multiple subcontractors in sequence who I don't think there's a single person who speaks both languages at a native level where they can do the translation. Instead, it goes through multiple layers of people who speak one language or the other or and it's OK. It's it's affordable, but ooh, it's not great. OK, this scene just ends with a close-up of Thrawn just starting to look just smug and superior. And uh, yeah, which... I love Lars Mikkelsen. He's great at this. He is? I know you have a bone to pick about like Thrawn like throughout this, but I just, I just, just getting to see him yeah, but in he's live a, he's action. A, he's, a, he's still a windbank. Like there is, there is no way. Lars Mikkelsen, <laughs> incredibly gifted actor. He is not a former gymnast like his brother, I don't think. I love that I say you done that rabbit hole. It's amazing. It really is amazing. <laughs> but what I think is really interesting, he's super composed here. He is actually sweating bullets and he has this whole time. Because yeah. this cargo is so important that he'll risk losing the ability to, to return home. Well, he also does mention that... Great mothers... Our alliance has proven to be quite beneficial. I kind of wonder if these cargos are more for the Great Mothers than for him, but he's... Yeah, I don't I, know. I, I, I really like, don't know. Especially, especially going to Dathomir. Especially going to Dathomir too. like... Oh, I think that piece I don't is know. together. Like, they, they seem grateful to him. We are grateful to you, Grand Admiral. And Elspeth says, Poor Dathomir. When she goes to sacrifice his life, those coffins are full of Dathomirians that they can... Or, 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 sorry, not Dathomirians? What, what's the, the species called? No, no. Uh, da- da- no, but they're native to this galaxy. 
Elspeth is from Dathomir, but the Great Mothers, they're Paradean, right? Yeah, I'm not... So, or are so, they also so I'm not sure. Well, also, Ezra says later on... Look, Thrawn found this place. He woke up the witches, rebuilt his starship. Ooh, he woke the yeah, mothers. Yeah, okay. So, I don't know if these are coffins necessarily of, like, being dead, or if they're more like stasis pods, like the torpedoes full of... Uh, Augments in Star Trek Into Darkness. Yes, thank you. 72 yes, of them. whatever... Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you for knowing which. Yes. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Jumping ahead a little bit to the For Dathomir comment, because I, I noted that too when Elspeth says For Dathomir, that's after Thrawn says For the Empire. Exactly. And I don't know if Thrawn has some blind spots or if Morgan Elspeth is misunderstanding the situation there because. When they're making the soldiers into like zombies, basically, when they Which when they did that, amazing. like amazing. We're gonna bounce around a little bit here, I think, because what Morgan is saying is, "All were honored to make the sacrifice for you." It is for the Empire. If he's on mission, then sure. But are the troopers doing it for Thrawn? No, they're totally doing it because, for like, it's, it kind of seems like he has this like weird blind spot of like not realizing that his troopers are loyal to him and not the Empire a, that they haven't seen in 10 years. I'm fully convinced. It's not a blind spot. It's a fiction that he maintains, like like psychopaths often do. He also doesn't care about the Empire for itself, right? That's a front. That's a mask. It's a totem that he uses for what he actually cares about. He cares about the power. He cares about the, 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 the cruelty, the control, this whole mm. system, this game that he wants very badly to play. And he calls that loyalty to the, the Empire. And he may die for it, but it's not the Empire that he believes in. I'm, I'm fully convinced of that. So when people claim loyalty to him, him deflecting that to for the Empire is just part of that same fiction that he's... I can see that that does track. Liberal, I was see, I was kind of business. wondering if, on the other mm-hmm. hand, I do sort of think that there is something to be said about like him potentially being like overconfident or over or, or just, just 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 like like really like assure himself to a degree that just isn't really backed up by reality. That like I could almost kind of see him deluding himself a little bit into that. Right. Yeah. He certainly had the practice for it. Cut to the ship flying over all the Nodi's little, like, house pod stuff, the yes. little, like, RV caravan. The, the little, I um, mean, it's a herd, right? They're traveling as a herd. Yeah. They do move in herds. <laughs> <laughs> no, but a herd is a great way to travel. And we have Ezra building his lightsaber and arguing with, with Hugh Yang. No, no, that's not going to work. Look. Not going to work? What are you talking about? The blade emitter is too narrow. Now, look here. I've been teaching younglings how to construct lightsabers longer than you've been alive. That's great, but I don't have time for lessons right now. This was so beautiful. Ezra has never gotten to connect with the full legacy of, of like, the Jedi as an institution before. He only had Kanan. He had a little bit of Ahsoka. Weird force shit. He had visiting the the temple in Lothal, but Ezra's like Ezra's such an unconventional Jedi. Yeah. Like Anakin gets called an unconventional Jedi sure. a lot, but like But he he went man, to school. I, as there was a school to go yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Ezra 
Ezra didn't get that. No. He also didn't get like camaraderie with other Jedi's quite so no, much. No, also that. So this, like Huyang's attitude, he has the Jedi was a living institution for him. It's got cultural continuity. He's seen every class of, you know, A B minus ten, A B minus. That must have been confusing for them, looking at the calendar. ABY minus 60. Huh. I wonder what we're counting down to. Oh, well. Not this again. <laughs> Not this again. <laughs> and then to find out that Huyang taught Kanan. I told you, I taught almost every youngling at the Jedi Temple, including your master. Yeah, boy. Caleb was very curious. A little shy, perhaps. And he hands him a wand with a phoenix feather core. Just like John Hurt. Yes. No, no. Well, although, man, like, well, John Hurt and David Tennant were both in Doctor Who's 50th together. Oh my God, so, yes. There's a, there's a connection there. Ding. I I teared up when I saw that it was Kanan's emitter because I recognized it as the emitter no. immediately. I, I mean, like, okay, that's, of course I yes, do. Of course amazing. I do, though. Like, so, so, like, I saw that and I started, like, tearing up immediately because I realize what it was and oh you see what Huyang said about Kanan clever boy little shy wow that is not the Kanan where you're used to see <laughs> I get it though even if you didn't know anything about his his youth clever boy little shy yeah and he grew up he grew out his ponytail how old are you Old enough to know that the relationship between a master and an apprentice is as challenging as it is meaningful. That's the moment where mm -hmm. Sabine vanishes into shadow. Yeah, and this is where... Batman's out of the scene. Hu Yang is explaining what happened that... At the time, Ahsoka felt that if Sabine unlocked her potential, she would become dangerous. And who does that remind us of? And how beautiful is it, therefore, that that relationship is resolved? She could not connect with Sabine fully until she'd resolved her relationship with Anakin. Now, that is what the Force vision was for, because when Balin and Ahsoka are fighting at the end of episode mm -hmm. four... Your legacy, like your masters, was one of death and destruction. And the, the whole Force vision is kind of about, like, the death and destruction of the Jedi. Yeah. And Anakin saying... Live... Or die. And Ahsoka disarms him, which our buddy Crimson said was actually a really good disarm. Like, technically, it was a good disarming. So, like, if you impress Crimson, you must have done something. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, holds the lightsaber to his throat and then turns it off and throws it aside. And I choose to live. Yes. Now, that's what Luke did with Vader. Because Ooh. every other time that they kind of went up to each other, and, and when I say every time, mostly I mean like the Rebels season two finale, mm -hmm. like Ahsoka doesn't see the option of not fighting. And it's not really, I mean, really at that time, there that wasn't an option, but she didn't see the option to not fight. Whereas like Luke saw the option to not fight the Emperor and trying not to fight Vader. And yes. So. 
to me, the whole point of that force vision, like, yes, Ahsoka coming to terms with like the relationship with her master, but also kind of realizing that there's like a path forward that's not just about destruction. She chooses not to continue to press the fight to like kill Balin in episode seven right. that she could have. In the next scene, when Sabine and Ahsoka are talking about like the risk and everything, and yeah, they're standing Sabine... on the wings of the Jedi shuttle over the caravan, the herd of their their new friends. Ahsoka asks, "Have you been keeping up with your training?" I I try. And she looks. No. I do. I do. I do. There is no try. Okay. <laughs> I have gained better control over my lightsaber. This is where it kind of comes together for me. Ahsoka saying, I'll tell you a secret. Being a Jedi isn't about wielding a lightsaber. Yeah. Train your mind. Train your body. Trust in the Force. Because later on, when they're surrounded by the night troopers, it's Ahsoka who yells to Sabine, switch to blasters. That's what you're good at. If you're focused in the moment and you, you're feeling the flow of the force, whatever weapons in your hand, it doesn't matter. The, the lesson that you learned, and she says that to Sabine here on the wings, like whatever else he was. He always stood by me. Even when no one else did. Which is the most yeah. important aspect in, in their relationship that she's lost sight of because of obviously the yeah. mass murder and, and all of that. But like, Ahsoka left the Jedi Order because she was tried for treason unjustly and as a whole thing. Sure. Actually, that was an episode with Tim Curry taking over for Ian Abercrombie as uh, Senator Palpatine. Wow! Or Chancellor Palpatine. Wow, what a choice. Yeah, yeah. Upstage, lads. This is my only number. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So when that happened, like, Obi-Wan wasn't really on Ahsoka's side because the evidence wasn't on Ahsoka's side, but Anakin was completely with her right. the entire time. And then she walked away from the Jedi Order because of what happened. And so I think like Ahsoka's finally able to kind of like let go of that guilt that because she left the Jedi Order and then Anakin fell not long after, like yeah. he stuck by me, had I stuck by him, would things have gone differently kind of a thing. And so she's kind of now realizing, well, no, no, exactly. I can't know that, but he stuck by me through everything, and so I need to stick by my apprentice. And and it's a really valuable lesson, because uh, Huyang points out that Ahsoka, maybe a bit too blunt in the, in the exposition, Ahsoka was afraid that if Sabine reached her full potential, that she'd become like Anakin, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's scary. But this realization that Anakin, like whatever else he was, as a teacher, he stood by her, and that's that's the thing that a teacher needs to do for their, their student. You cannot shape someone through, through abandonment, and you also cannot shape them into something other than who they already are. So whoever Sabine is going to turn out, even if it is another Anakin, the absolute best thing that Ahsoka can do is to stick with her. So she has this confidence now. Look at here, here, here. She says to Sabine, hey. Your gamble paid off. And Sabine says, you know, leaving unspoken exactly what it's about. But Sabine, like, threw her lot in with Skull and Hattie, trusted them to take her across the galaxy and not kill her after she surrendered her weapons. Quite a gamble. Yeah. It paid off. And she doesn't chide her. Because 
I, you know, if you hadn't done that, you might never have seen Ezra. It turned out the way it did. She may not have approved of Sabine's actions, but Ahsoka respected her choices. She recognized Sabine had these choices to make. Okay, She made these choices. Those were hers to make. Yeah, and whether they're you know whether their their mistakes were beneficial in the end is is actually like way too complex to to work out. Your focus determines your reality. Hey, they were reunited with with Ezra, and Ezra has a place to be and a, and a role to play. It's not the end of the world. No, no extra people are dead, so she can find peace yeah. with that. And I mean, there's probably gonna be a war. So is there though? I've seen The Force Awakens. Hey, 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 Kaki, we, we can't have this conversation right now because there's TIE fighters coming in. Um, not for long. This, not for long, because Sabine just, like, plows straight through it. This is, like, this moment here with Sabine just just punching it and just taking out the TIE fighters. It feels very Rebels to me. It's yes, like, yeah, this is, this is, like, too. this is, like, Kanan move, like, Kanan would, well, Hera would do it without destroying the ship, though. Just flying <laughs> the ship into these two, that's one way to take out two TIEs, I have that written down. It's so glorious. And then it falls down over the hill. Oh, did you notice that before? Uh, obviously, you noticed that. Uh, as soon as they were under the tack, the shuttle started to, to sink and would, would crush some of, the, some of the flock. Ezra, with me, yells Ahsoka. They jump down and they force push it up and they sort of hold it up. And it's so hard. Uh, it's amazing. It was fantastic. I absolutely loved it. Really quick, as we know, when we cut back to Thrawn. Ooh, yeah. Grand Admiral, the TIE fighters made contact with the enemy and engaged. Uh, yeah, Ron says, like, to note their commanders for accommodation. No. Like, your soldiers did a good No. Uh, 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 uh. Consider all of the TIE fighters lost. Mark their captain for a citation. I don't know whether oh. that's good or bad. It might be a commendation, but it also might be, hey, you trained your pilots badly. Because both those pilots did not return. Oh, okay. No, you are right there. No, 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 I, I think know. you're spot on there because I thought it was the reverse. Yeah, right. And it does not seem... Because if their captain was good at, at yeah. their job, then their pilots would have returned. Yeah, market for a citation. Yeah, cite, 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 I mean, like a, a speeding ticket is like a citation or whatever. So yeah, that's... I want Imperial HR. What was her name? Dolores? Dolores, yes. Dolores from Imperial HR. Now I'm going to have to write you up. Stardust cosplay, Sunflower cosplay. I can't remember what cosplayer's name is. She's fantastic. She has uh, all these videos her, where her. she goes to conventions and she's right. got a clipboard and she cites stormtroopers for uniform violations. And yeah, I'm going to have to cite you, I'm afraid. <laughs> so a, a cosplay friend of mine, who's part of the 501st, was meeting up with some people and just like, just like, oh, HR is looking for you. And, just like, and they're just thinking like, it's like something about like base commander. It's like, oh, crap. Like, what's going on? What's happening? It's like, no, no. HR is looking for you. And my friend is like, Dolores! <laughs> He's like taking up running to find this <laughs> I love Dolores. Fantastic. I love running off on the howlers as like yeah just, just riding off into battle leaving uh, sad huyang with this beautiful ship that he loves so much that they keep fucking breaking and then the, i mean and then a little bit later the noti like are breaking it again too <laughs> he's like do not wait for me <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they're like porgs oh my gosh it's, it's like jawas mixed with porgs mixed with babu frick babu oh wow oh that's amazing. 
hey, this language that they speak, I looked at these subtitles. The subtitles now say that the Noti speak in the Noti language. I swear I saw in previous episodes, it said, or bees or or bows. And that does sound familiar too. Because I think that subtitle also occurred when somebody else was speaking. Like, I think when Sabine was yelling, Dota, or when went to the howler. But I think also Enoch. You that does sound about right. Yeah, does uh, it? Because Orbeast does sound very familiar. But who knows? I could be making up memories. That happens a lot too. Oh, if only we have a chief engineer that we could call up. That's a different podcast that we don't have a release date for <laughs> yet. There will be a trailer. There, uh, when, when the release date, I'll be I'll be putting that on this podcast feed too. So any of the ones to follow, cognize nonsense, whatever. It's called The Joy of Trek, and Greg is doing a really good job. I'm hosting it with Kay. I'm sorry, Greg. I don't mean to to, to take this over with promotion, but you're on it, and I'm so glad. So Kay and I are doing it the same way that we did with with So Far Escape, except we have Greg as our chief engineer in fiction as we're doing like episodes of Star Trek from all over the place. And he's our editor, and he is our sage and god, and... Through the timey-wimey magic of editing, he comes in and like solves all of these problems that our podcasts have been plagued with since we've developed this process. It's so, so much fun, and we can't wait to share it with you all. Greg is doing such an amazing job. Hey, hey Kai, yeah. you want to know uh, a similarity between uh, the next scene and, and the last episode that I edited? Ooh, what? These soldiers are going to be able to survive, you know, so that it should normally kill them. Oh, very good. Very good. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent reference. I didn't know where it was going when I started it. It's, no, you, you trusted in the force. You opened your mouth and you did what podcasters do. Taking a deep breath, open your mouth and see what comes out. And it's appropriate because we are in the middle of Spocktober and you referenced Spock's brain. Brain and brain, what is brain? And Greg, I will insist that you do for this episode what you've done for the other episode. The listeners at home will have heard the dings by now. They won't know why it's in there. No. No. <laughs> I won't say the word again. I will try very hard not to say the word again. I might say the word again. This is the Knight Brothers, or no, not the Knight Brothers, the Knight Troopers. These Knight Brothers are, are something different. They're being sent out, they're preparing for ground assault. By Morgan Elspeth. She's yeah. preparing these troops who've never seen her before, right? Un- unless they have a, a history predating the Battle of Lothal. We heard that the Elsbeth and Thrawn were like allies. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I started hearing whispers of his return, which led me to Morgan. She was a great ally of Thrawn's during Imperial rule. They see on radar that, like, you know, we've got incoming, so they're just orbital bombardment down on, on the howlers and hellfire, he says. Rain hellfire upon them. This is amazing. So they're. They're charging past this fortress that's stuck up into a, a Star Destroyer. And as soon as like they clear the shadow of the fortress, they're exposed to the laser cannons. And they sure do rain down. Boom, 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 boom. It's incredible. They don't hold back pace. They don't try to dodge anything. They dive straight ahead. Uh, Ahsoka and Ezra both doing, like, with their hands force-pushing at the door. And Sabine. I mean, and she calls for Sabine. So, Sabine is- Help out. That sort of feels like handing someone like a controller that's not plugged in and saying that they're playing too. Oh, boo! <laughs> boo! Thrawn says to Morgan, engage the night troopers, and we start this fight. It's incredible seeing like all three of them with their lightsabers. They're fighting, they're deflecting, 
it's incredible. Sabine switches to blasters and starts shooting. Specifically, and Ahsoka tells her to switch to blasters because she's not yes. as great with the with the lightsaber, but she's like, I love this. She's in tune, right? Which is the important thing. She's in tune with Ahsoka and Ezra. They can cover her. She's got armor. She doesn't need the deflection of the lightsabers. She needs to maximize her potential. And she's great with blasters. So do that. Yeah. And we had this really amazing moment of just of, of like troopers flying at Ahsoka and she like slashes through them and it ends this like really cool looking pose. It's fantastic. And it's like, oh, this is so Ezra badass. This is great. Them. It was a one-two punch. Yes, yes. It was amazing. Okay, and good. We, now that we've dealt with all of these night troopers, we can just move on. But but no, because in, instead we get zombies as the mothers start Kalima to Kalima Shakti Day. And they come back to life. And this is where we have like the fiddle and like the kind of like discordant fiddle play. Yes, and it's yes. just really intense and beautiful. So and the glow night troopers are zombies. And all oh, the screams. Yes. Zombies being a nod to an episode of Clone Wars. And basically, it was called the Brainworm. It was on Genosis that went into clones. Brainworm. Uh, brains. It's an episode called Brain Invaders. Well, that's. Uh, but That's a fun thing to think about. More directly, there was a 2009 book called Death Troopers by Joe Schreiber. Okay. Very directly, it was straight up zombies. Like, it was straight up just like they were dead and they were kind of like being possessed by some like organism or something. That was pretty, right. something like that. Yeah. So seeing, seeing that was just so cool to just like, oh, wow, this is definitely like a nod to some of these things. Oh, like, neat. Yeah. That's fantastic. And now they have to run up a whole bunch of stairs and and slashing doors behind them to stop fresh waves of troopers. Like, we've seen Thrawn being very conservative with the resource management. He is throwing everything at them. All these troopers that he's carefully budgeted out for a decade just... We also just had this moment with like like one grabs Ezra from behind and, and sits Sabine's like pointing the blaster here. He's like, careful, careful. She puts it down and then stabs him with, with her lightsaber yeah. instead. And it's like, I don't know if that's careful. I feel like I'd have trusted you to do a shot more than that personally. Hey, she tried. Like, and like she says. She's been training. What's your excuse? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I know what he says. I missed you. I, I love that so much. He doesn't even reply I've missed being one-upped by you. It is just like a legitimate note of just like, you know, I missed you. I missed like being able to have these kinds yes. of like conversations, jokes with you and everything. Because he really like, did. Right? The Ezra that she left behind would have immediately like, haha, snipped back at her. But this Ezra has spent 10 years like thinking about all those those fun conversations that, that he can't have anymore and that maybe he could, he could never have. And now she's doing it again. The yeah. thing that that he's been thinking about for 10 years that he shared with his his sister, which is what Sabine basically is, right? To an, an, an orphan boy like Ezra, like, I miss the way you bullied me, right? Because that's how, how they showed their love toward one another. I guess they're really bad at showing emotions. Well, yeah, they were. They were. And so the next scene is Thrawn coming in. Hey, we need more time. No, 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 no. Uh, the next scene is the Eye of Sion connecting with 
the Star Destroyer and imagine if any of those measurements have been even slightly off, that we had a subcontractor who had a slightly different calibration, like, oh, I thought we were talking about Coruscanti inches, not, you know, or maybe yeah, because of the like humidity, the, the, the fucking chimera, like, swelled a little bit because of the extra humidity. You don't know. But yes, were they you know, lovers? We... Elspeth. I didn't get that impression. I got the impression that, she, if anything, she was a sycophant for him. She was kind of, like, obsessed with, like, his genius or whatever. Okay. I didn't get the impression that, that they were... Yeah. I mean, Thrawn certainly doesn't care for her quite so much as, like... Or, like, well, Thrawn sees her as, like, another, like... I don't know that that's the case. Because he doesn't order her. He tells her what is needed. We require a little more time. He voluntells her. I... Someone who is as clear and direct as this. He's not manipulating her. He isn't. For He does that to people. Yeah. We've seen him do it. To make them think that it's their idea. He's, he's putting this ball in her hand. Because if she'd come up with a different plan, I think he would have supported that. I mean, he probably also just kind of sees her wearing like the sword or her hilt and just being like, yeah, that's pretty cool. It is really cool. Does she have a scabbard or is she literally just holding it at her side? This fucking cool sword. She doesn't, she doesn't have a scabbard. She, I mean, maybe like tied at her belt. Yeah, something like that. Uh, but like the blade is exposed. Yeah. Or maybe she's got like a loop or something. Yeah. 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 God, that sword is so cool. The great mothers like give her a look as they're going by. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's happening. Like a nod and halfway, like maybe just because like the makeup and like their eyes being completely black, but it looks like Claudia Black's one is like straight up glaring at her. Like it's hard to tell though with the makeup and everything. <laughs> See, I'm really intrigued by their by their motivations because I think that this is a, a an, an alliance of mutual self interest, right? That's my interpretation. I think that the Great Mothers, Elspeth. They want the restoration of Dathomir or whatever, and those interests yeah. happen to yeah. be like there's a there's a trade. They're grateful to Thrawn. I don't think they care as much about the Empire as even Thrawn claims to. And so, yeah, no, definitely, right? definitely not. No, definitely. So, yeah. what the mothers are seeing and what Elspeth is sharing with them here is another sacrifice that Dathomir, uh, Dathomiri culture, is making for its Has, re- for its yeah, restoration, yeah. and it's terrible because as far as they know, they are like four of the only living, you know, members of this, this culture. Unless it's a space seed and it's all full of a, uh, it's the, sure, it's sure, the USS but like, Bay. <laughs> She's just been elevated to sister. What did they call her before? Did they call her child? Welcome child of Dathomir. I think maybe. It feels yeah. right, right? And now she's a sister. Take it. Sister. And then you can elevate to mother. So it's got those face patterns. And it's a huge loss to their culture for a sister of, of, of... the ISD Death Mary Bay. The... That's a stretch. What the fuck? Oh! Botany Bay. Botany, Botany Bay, Death Mary Bay. Yeah. Oh, okay. I tried. I tried. Oh, yeah. I respect, <laughs> I respect you for trying. Not a lot. I respect but... the hell out of the stunt team and everyone involved in the fights in between Ahsoka and and Morgan Elizabeth. Just the whole wow. thing is Tell me in 
Morgan Elsmith, what's the actress's name? Because she's a martial artist of some renown, right? You've told me that before. Uh, did I? Yeah, I don't, did. Uh, Diana Inosato? Yeah. I don't remember really? I thought... mentioning that off the top of my head. <laughs> Maybe I did. I say a lot of things, Scott. Really That's probably the podcast. And I, and I listen. <laughs> what, what, what? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Inosato grew up surrounded by the martial arts world, studying many forms, including Jeet Kune Do and Eskrima, the, the, the Filipino... Oh, uh, yes, 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 yes. Because uh, she learned uh, from her uh, father. Oh, no, wait, wait. I'm pretty sure I think that may have been... Ellie Bruce Lee was her godfather. Oh, fuck what? you. I love you so much. That's amazing. How do you get to be so cool? Man, man. Like, that just... Yeah, so... You keep talking. I'm going to read Diana is, Lee Innocenti's Wikipedia page. I'll be right back. The fight scene is, is incredible, and, and, and I love that it's, it is a lot of just, like, wide-angle shots, so we do get to see just, like, a lot of, like, the choreography. Like... I get annoyed sometimes by the overuse, in my opinion, of close-ups during fight scenes where we can't see the actual like stunt work that went into it, the the training and the effort that went into it. So when we do get to see nice wide action of this of them doing things, like that makes me happy because it's like, okay, we can me see yeah. what's going on here. And that's fantastic. It's just phenomenal. So like the, to see this. Well the Wachowski sisters became famous with with the uh, the early Matrix films, right? Because in in Hollywood previously, whenever there were fights, Hollywood actors are not trained martial artists generally. And so in order to keep it like kinetic and energetic, you film each move separately and you get close-ups and, and, and the reactions you separate those. So that means that even once you got into the new mode. You know, because in, in, in The Matrix, they went through months of kung fu training. While they were capable of doing all those moves, it was so unfamiliar to Hollywood audiences to have these long shots that they were still, like, cutting and, 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 and focusing on the punches just to make it accessible to American audiences. And she's caressing her blade, Elspeth. Oh, yeah. She's, oh, ooh, she loves it. She loves that sword. This whole fight is beautiful, and then just with the gold lines of of, of everything. And this which... is after Ezra and Sabine just walked past this this duel. Yeah, they walk past, and Elspeth is just kind of like, okay, like El- Elspeth isn't like concerned. All she's focused completely on Ahsoka, and yeah, just and for a second, phenomenal, for phenomenal a second, fight. I thought that this character would be completely undermined. She would just suddenly fall dead. And behind her, we'd see Sabine holstering her gun. Like, hey, this seemed... <laughs> you know, the Elon school of marksmanship. You'd shoot a man in the back. Well, it's the safest way, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> uh, I love Garrick's. I love seeing the Death Troopers again, which also becomes confusing because, like, the Death Troopers being the Rogue One Death Troopers, but then there's the Death Troopers being the 2009 book with the... Zombie troopers, but then they- undeath troopers. It's confusing because these it's confusing. guys were already dead before they started fighting. Unlike the other night troopers that we saw with all their fantastic Kintsugi armor, they were alive until they oh. were killed, and then they stood up. Armor, yes, yes. But these guys and were already dead because they are like undying. Too. Yeah, they are like a force to be reckoned with. Like like clothes lining, being grabbing her, just slapping her blaster and the lights of her away and everything. I love that Sabine, like, shoots one of them in the face over and over and over, just destroys his helmet, and then you can just see his, like, face the just gnashing. And, like, oh, it's so... Amazing. 
so awful. And Sabine is reaching out and reaching out. Yes, she pulls. She pulls her pulls. lightsaber and she does a Kylo. Just immediately right to the head. And it's just, just, <laughs> oh, it's, it's fantastic. And Ezra then just like chops the head clean off and you get to see some sizzling neck bits there. And they run up to the edge of the fortress, but the chimera has already departed. Well, only one thing for it. Fastball special. Both of them are students of Kanan. I have two comments with this. Uh-huh. First of all, nobody tosses a Mandalorian. I don't know that that's true, but I will, I will allow it. Two. Throughout this whole fight, Sabine's helmet has like gone off and on a couple times. It's been a little like, wear your damn helmet. Your helmet has a HUD. Yes, uh, but... so she's not wearing a helmet. But but no, but but but, 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 but my question here, yeah, we can story the emotions on Pedro Pascal's face or Lance Crowder or that is true. Okay, please Brandon continue your points. I'm sorry. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. Hey Sabine, you had a jetpack before. Where the hell is your jetpack? Why don't you include your jetpack in your kit, Sabine? Didn't it break? She had her jetpack at the end of Rebels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that we saw... Was she wearing it in the duel with Hattie? Didn't it get damaged there? No, in the comms tower, right? No, I'm I'm misremembering stuff. Like, this was this was episode one. There's, it's been a while. And I meant to, like, rewatch all of them in preparation for this. And then, like, life happened. I was like, uh, a lot of life uh, happened. Like, we're working on that new podcast since... that we're really excited about where you're doing <laughs> such a good job. Greg, Greg, guys, I've been listening to the episodes that he's been editing, and they're fantastic. It's Sabine's idea to do the fastball special. And Ezra, and he's nervous about it. But he, he also trusts when Sabine says, I can do this. And he looks back at Sergio, he looks back at her, and she's like, Ezra, the longer you hesitate, the harder this gets. Come on. She cuts through, like, I don't want to say, like, it's down in her. He hasn't put his life in somebody else's hands in 10 years like this. Like, probably, probably, yes, some down in her. But at the same time, like, he knows her. He trusts her. She says that she can do it. And what more do you need, right? Their connection together has always been strong. Yeah. I mean, like, just like it's. They mentioned that just like the connection between Master and Padawan being very strong or whatever. Yeah. But like, I also sort of feel like just that they as siblings, as, as, as yeah, right. exactly, yeah. As, as as siblings, really like they would have that connection as well because like they used to trust each other like this all the time. That for Ezra, it's it's kind of like a no, yeah, yeah. Like you think you can do this, I trust you. Yep. Because he's go for it. Yeah. He's still afraid. Definitely. In the, in this moment, like he's still afraid, he still has doubts, but she says she can, she can do it. And then he just doesn't listen to his doubts, he listens to her. It's not that she, and doubts are gone. he goes back, he does this fantastic so pose, cool. and Marner's calling me... He's got the crouch! So, man, I love Amon Isfandi so much as Ezra. Yes. He's so fantastic. So, so like, I was actually talking with my parents about this. The way that Iman Fondi seemed, especially in like the the fight with the caravan, uh, right? Yeah, my mom was telling me that there was an interview with Natasha Lee Berdizo where she didn't really want to watch a lot of Rebels and be like influenced in her like choices, uh-huh. which is valid for an actor. Which is completely her choice, and everything, and and like that's entirely valid. The way that Iman was so spot on and so in line with what Taylor Gray did, yes, 
it kind of makes me question if he was already just like a fan of Rebels beforehand. And so when he got like, because they just so spot on, like it's not just it's not like an imitation. It's just like it feels like a continuation. It feels like it's so natural. The diction, the way he's speaking, the way he's kind of like carrying like, I don't know, it's it's so spot on to the point where it just kind of makes me wonder, like you were already just like a fan. Or Rick Famuyiwa. His his direction because he does what Ezra's always done, which is like be very vocal about his doubts and then take action. He can still like mouth off about it. It's not like deep seated doubts. It's just kind of like a huh. This is this is dangerous and pretty risky. And oh, this this may be a I'm, terrible yeah, idea. I'm gonna do it anyway because I trust my friend. Yeah, yeah. But in, in his actions, he just go and he does here as well and. I mean, the comparisons to the Prince of Persia franchise, considering like the fantastic costume and hair and beard choices that have been made for. And I just, I, I, I want to replay Prince of Persia so bad. Right? He double <laughs> jumps because he jumps and then he gets another boost from Sabine and he does a double jump and then he falls to his death and then he goes, oh, wait, that's not how it happened. And he jumps up. <laughs> He takes out two stormtroopers. Throws one stormtrooper down to his death, and then like Sabine shoots one. Ezra's saying, "Come on!" Sabine turns around. She, she she's getting ready to to make a run, and then she sees Ahsoka starting to fight fight her, and you just hear Ezra saying, "Sabine, there's no time! Come on!" And she runs and... towards Ezra. And I thought, good choice. That's what Ahsoka would want. I actually didn't have any doubt that that she'd make it and, onto the and, Chimera. It's amazing. I'm trying to remember because, like, I seem to remember thinking both kind of simultaneously. When she takes off running, I was like, okay, she's jumping. But then they pointedly didn't show. I was like, yeah. And then especially when Elspeth is ta- taunting about, like, your friends are dead, and you will die here alone. And. Sabine's like, yeah, she's not alone, and just starts shooting. And uh, yeah, oh god, this this whole set, another henge. I wonder if this is yeah, is this the exact same structure except not as worn down? There as the are one on there are similarly like the shapes are the same. So like yes, yes, like the, the, it is like the same kind of a. No, I mean I know it's the same kind. Is it the exact same, except the one on Cetos is worn down by millennia of neglect, and this one is still pristine? Yes, I right? think so. Yeah, I'm just getting yeah. that now. Oh, that's amazing, amazing, amazing. And surrounded by, by more night troopers. And together, uh, they make short work. Ahsoka does does get one of her sabers sliced through, but then she grabs Elspeth's swords and just cuts through her with both blades and... Claudia Black is just able to be like, oh, she's dead. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Morgan is dead. She has done what was required. Sort of towels on for me now. I've got one lightsaber and one sword of towels on. Okay, cool. Hey, hey, Kaki, you were no the most amazing thing when we cut to Ezra in the hangar and we hear someone calming LS-757. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. In that moment, I was completely captivated by, by Ezra. Do the Ezra maneuver. Pretend to be someone else. And he does. And it makes me so happy. So I was completely distracted. What is the amazing thing? Ezra does impersonate LS-757. LS-757, reinforcements have been dispatched to your position. 
757 here. Copy. And alas, 757, you... I knew him, Horatio. That helmet I kissed, I know no whoop, nope, never mind. 757 was in Rebels. <gasps> specifically, oh. specifically, there's a trooper in Rebel Assault that's guarding the hatch that Hera and Mark Matten are trying to get to. This is LS-757, we've spotted a Rebel in Sector 515. And Mark, like, grabs him and chokes him out. And you hear them coming for 757. So oh. this guy survived being choked <laughs> down. Like, he survives the Battle of Logs. He gets sent out into space. Like, like, survives for, like, 10 years, only to be just shot in the head by Sabine, like, 10 years. Wow. It's like, like can, can you just imagine? Can you just imagine yeah. this being like, oh, man, these, <laughs> these, like, rebels are, like, causing problems for us. Like, man, oh, man, now another galaxy. I never even have to see them again. Like, oh, like that, that one guy ran away. Oh, oh hey. I remember that Mandalorian from like the water posters, like all those years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when he started was a quantum leaping back in time. <laughs> what is it? What is it? No, cocky, cocky. That's what Balin Skull's after. Balin Skull's like the quantum leap machine. Have the main batteries target the fortress for bombardment. Affirmative, Grand Admiral. Open fire. Where it cuts to the night sisters the mothers. and or the great mother, and they're not looking happy at all. Yeah, they don't say anything to their credits, but they're like, "Hey, that's a cultural treasure." They, yeah. yeah, they know better because again, again, Thrawn thinks that he like understands and appreciates culture and yeah, art, no. but he appreciates it. Like, like Ezra, like Slater called him on, like, "You think you can take whatever you want? Things you didn't make, didn't earn." Things you don't even understand. Thrawn appropriates it. So, Appropriation yeah. is the word. And like in this case, he has no respect for it. No, like his value system doesn't include the word sacred, right? Yes. Yeah. Which is a problem for a lot of Western people when trying to understand, because a, a lot of us grew up in cultures that don't have a concept of sacredness and sanctity of like, Objects, cultural expressions, music, or what, or, or whatever, which allows a lot of people to look down on, or uh, be frustrated by, or be suspicious of cultures that do include the concept of sacredness that can be applied to things, and therefore those are not to be shared or appropriated. And like using those is not the same as cultural exchange. That's cultural appropriation. Oh, but what's the difference? Well, the difference is one is sacred and the other is not, and it doesn't matter that you don't understand it. That's a cultural value that somebody else has that you have to imagine, and he can't. Thrawn does not understand what could be sacred to someone else, or like understand the idea of respecting that. Right. Sorry, you reminded me of an episode of Star Trek: Deep Space Nine, the Sword of Kalos, where Worf and Yadzia yes. Kang go off and they find the Sword of Kalos, and like weird things happen. But like, it's a cultural treasure, right? They go on a great quest to find it, and they find it, and this old Klingon. Kalos, he holds it, and, like, he uses it to, like, a light of fire. He hacks some flint, and Worf goes, what are you doing? That's a cultural treasure. And Kang goes, it's a sword, right? You use it to, it's a, you don't put it on a pedestal and admire it. You, you swing it. It's a tool. You use it. Like Chinese tea sets and pottery, like, they require use in order to rehydrate the materials. They will fall apart if you don't use them to make tea. I remember that episode so well and everything, but like I, I started to like work up in my head about like which side of that argument was. I started to almost like 
make that argument about like the sword part about the stuff. And that's not what we're talking about here. <laughs> Ahsoka and Sabine just running and just like jumping off. Sabine finally grabs her helmet again, at least. Thank you, Sabine. She's got a handy belt clip for just, that helmet. How does that work? Just wear it on your head. I know. It's great. It has a heads up display. <laughs> anyway, they jump off. They caught on the T6 Jedi sh- shuttle and uh, no one ever had inside. a doubt that Hu Yang got it fixed. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. Well, especially when, when like Ahsoka has a smile on her face, want to get out of here. It's like, yeah, we know what's going on. Yeah. Still uh, cool though. Take off racing, and yeah, they're not gonna be able to catch up. And like as they're leaving atmosphere, you're like, it gets telegraphed pretty well, I think, because like, because yeah, the the head start is so enormous, and like their engines were damaged, and so they're probably they may not be like at full capacity for speed and whatever. So they're just they're they're going, and they're not able to get there. And Thrawn is taunting. Uh... Now I'll give him a little credit. Because I was very dismissive about Thrawn in this moment, and that's because... Grand Admiral, we are tracking the Jedi shuttle. It is closing. Open a channel, please. So I thought that he thought they were catching up and he was going to taunt them until he could escape. I realize now, because you're saying you know, it was well telegraphed, he's actually quite quite certain that he's already won at this point. So that makes it mm-hmm. more of an, well, not an act of magnanimity. That's not what uh, psychopaths do. He is taunting her. He calls her a worthy opponent. Yeah, fuck off. You yeah, don't get to and, apply your value system to somebody else. Well, and, and trying to like twist a knife. Like I concluded, your strategies would be similar. One wonders just how similar you might become. And he calls her a Ronin. Is this a term that we've heard before? Like I know it from from Japanese culture. You know. Yeah, and it's definitely in reference to Japanese culture. What I was looking up on Wikipedia, Ronin's usage are either in EU stuff or it's in reference to the book Ronin based on the Star Wars Visions episode. Oh, okay. Uh, so there's nothing canonical as such about it. Okay. Then I could find at least. Maybe there is, and it's just like I Wikipedia was failing me. Because like, uh, it's equivalent knows? to like Knight Errant, I think, compared yeah. to like European feudalism. Which is not the same, of course, as yeah. Japanese feudalism, but still, yeah. Today, victory is mine. Long live the Empire. And the trail that gets left behind. It's so cool. It, it's so like, cool. Especially when you see it in the cockpit. Yes. It looked like a comet almost. Yeah, yeah, like, like a contrails. Really, what pops into my mind is like the comma in the opening of Star Trek Voyager, because of course that's what comes to mind when oh, I. Oh yeah! Of... Oh, that's a beautiful image. I was raised on that show, like I. And you turned that out is... great. I turned out. Eh. I'm so glad that you are the way you are, Greg. <laughs> I'm. I, I joke around it, but I'm not. I'm really not that down on myself. I promise. I promise. Good. <laughs> Good, because you deserve to not be down on yourself. I'm sorry, like, I'm, I'm, there is no way that I can joke about when we come to, like, the denouement of this series, which I love, love, love so much. Like, they're, our heroes, Sabine and, and Ahsoka, are back on the planet. Their howlers are okay. They're riding their howlers back to the <laughs> Noti. God, I love the Noti. The, Noti, you're, like, so excited to see them. Oh, man, I love the Noti so much. These are, like, hermit crab, like... Yeah. But, but I just love like it's like the, the, the like clapping that one of them does as he sees them coming. He's like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just so. 
And and it's not and, like there's an aspect of utility. Like these guys have helped us against bandits. Like that's really awesome. But it's not like mercenary. It's not like transactional. Like these these are some heroes to these noties. And they also protect each other. Yeah, yeah. Like they've protected Ezra and they've traveled together and they're just glad to, to see their friends again. Mori's there oh, and Ahsoka oh, oh. turns. At, Why is Hedwig uh, there? Mori is kind of a forced manifestation of the daughter. Oh, okay. Sorry, I was just constructing in my mind an alternate version of this scene where Moray, the convoy, the mystical convoy, flies off and is snatched out of the air by a giant white loth wolf who licks his chops <laughs> <laughs> and turns Wait. to the camera and says, Chicken, good. <laughs> to you cut to Hottie on her howler walking up and holding up her lightsaber and igniting it with the bandits. Yeah, over the bandit camp. And I half expected her howler to also raise their paw like the, the wolf in the fantastic Mr. Fox. <laughs> yeah, raising yeah, a yes, fist yes, in solidarity. Yes. <laughs> and we have... Go on. And we have, unfortunately, our last appearance of Ray Stevenson as Valen Skull, yeah. uh, which... Yeah. He's had such a presence and I hope that however they decide to move forward and it's such I I I'm, I think they have to recast him. I just I Yeah, yeah. And and so I'm glad we got to get Ray Stevenson as this being as just magnificent in this as he was. And yeah. yes, standing on the Argonaut throw my like not giving you space for your joke <laughs> it's or, fair no. it's fair i want you to know i thought the exact same thing and i mentioned it to some friends as well so like i'm right there with you i in that i, I did that same joke so don't don't worry there <laughs> okay but, good like, just uh, ray stevenson and just the music that's playing through this whole sequence is just incredible like just again just the kinders i love them so much yeah pointing uh, off to the, the misty mountain yeah and ivana sakno who plays hottie she posted a picture of like a depiction of like Skull and Hottie in Norse mythology chasing after like the sun and the moon with the caption like for Ray, you'll always be my wolf or something like that. Just, just like some kind some kind of like a, like a, a tribute to that. But then the kiners, and I'll show this to you as their kind of tribute. It was the three of them playing Balin Skull's like oh my God. theme and oh. And it's just, it's just beautiful. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to link that as well because it's just beautiful. And it's just like everyone loves working with him. Like from from everything that I've heard, everyone that got to work with with Ray Stevenson just like absolutely love working with him. And so I, Ulster boy, Northern Irish actor, just like uh, Liam Neeson. Just saying. Oh, Ulster, the the, the city. I. Wasn't sure what you said oh, at first. Oh, sorry, and sorry. Also, is uh, another name. For I was waiting for Ireland. just a bit of context to yes. make me county. not look so dumb, but instead I just call attention to being dumb. No. <laughs> <laughs> we have the Chimera appearing over Dathomir. And, I think it's called the Eye of Sion uh, now, isn't it? Well, the Eye of Sion is the ring. And yeah, then... but I'd, I'd have a note earlier about, like, once it being linked together... I think it was no longer called the Chimera. Ooh, interesting. 
a beautiful composition as the ring like kind of clipses it almost yeah it's really fast yeah yeah i think the word is and, syzygy right an, an align a planetary alignment yeah yes it right? is i learned it from x files i think it also came up in the comic book why i'm not embarrassed uh, i learned from pop culture <laughs> I laugh. I laugh as if like I don't also learn stuff from there. Yeah. But I just, it was so like education because I can laugh out of out of that ex exact same thing. We go from Thrawn looking at over the the, the, the cargo coffin. Yeah, the cargo, the coffins, whatever. To the Eda shuttle being flanked by A wings and approaching home one. It lands. Hera pulls a blaster. Evan pulls a blaster. A stormtrooper walks up and chops in there, just like. Hold the fuck yeah. on, guys. Yeah. I know who this is. <laughs> I What is love, he saying? I love I that shot. I know, I know. I was I've been listening so close to try to figure out what he said. Like I was wondering, like, is it like Ezra? Is it you? As like I was wondering, like I was just I wasn't sure, but I love that Chopper, who Ezra like gave the message to that Ezra like trusted with at the very yeah. end, is the one that recognized him right away. Did Ezra like have a calm with Chopper? Like, did Ezra like calm Chopper to be like, "Hey, what's going on here?" And Chopper is just deciding, like, "I'm gonna make it be a surprise for everyone. If he gets shot, he gets shot. But I'm gonna make it a surprise." <laughs> but, but I, I love this. I mean, this morning, just like Ezra getting to come home and Ezra like putting his hand on Chopper. Like taking his helmet off, and Hera's just like incredulous. Just Ezra. Hi, Hera. I, imagine that she hasn't seen him from ten years, and she recognizes him. And did he get a haircut in between? His hair's a little shorter. He might maybe do he did a quick trim if, to fit in. The I, mean, I, I mean, I I kind of imagine just like come to pull it back to fit in the helmet. I mean, like given that my hair is getting longer recently, as I've just been like letting it be longer. When I put a helmet on, I do have to kind of be careful pushing it as back as I possibly can and then slipping the helmet on. Otherwise right. it's like, oh yes, oh, yeah. now it's bun it up. My eye. It's not fun. And yeah, I And he says, Hi Hera. Mom. And oh my one just oof. nitpick Now it's not the time, but okay. It pulls up to get to the next scene. Just show the damn hug. Oh yeah. You know that walking forward to show just show them hugging because you know that's like like that's, that's my one thing like and it's totally fine i don't even care that much but like yes i just wish i had it just my selfishness right there just like extend that sequence another like three five seconds to let just let us have just like the hug that like we know they're both gonna give each other yeah that's all that's all like i love this whole episode i love this whole sequence i'm not taking away from it all but just that one bitch I wonder. I wonder if the writers had screaming arguments about just that, and the and, and maybe with the director as well. I mean, it, it may have been like an editing thing. Like, yeah, you I, know, can, I can imagine how this went. The show is called yeah. Ahsoka, and while it's really important to have this emotional moment, it has to stay controlled because there's the more important emotional arc is the one between Ahsoka and and Sabine. It really is more important. Not to us per se, right? We really care. I really care about about Ezra and Hera. Yeah, but it's not their show. I can imagine they filmed it, and then like watched an edit and like, you know, yeah, this is the wrong emotional rhythm. 
when they introduced Ahsoka into Rebel Season 2, like the writers were like, oh, we can do this Ahsoka, this Ahsoka, and this Ahsoka, yes, and then pull back and be like, yes, 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 exactly that. So, so like, I think that does strike, ring, ring true as me. The selfish part of me is just of like, course. just let them, please just, just let them, yeah, must yeah. Have filmed it. but, but I love this moment. I love this moment so much. It's just beautiful. And I love the ending here. I love this ending with yeah. Sabine standing there looking out. We're almost packed. Is she looking at the rings or the contrails of the, the departed storm? Yeah, I, I don't know. So it looks like the sort of like God rays kind of a thing with yeah. like, where, where like the clouds part, you can see like light lights coming down through the clouds, everything. So like, that's just kind of like what they're looking at. No, um, it doesn't touch the ground. They're looking through the ground, or through the clouds at the sky. So either they're seeing the rings, the planet, which is, you know, bones of Pergol, or it's the contrails of the eye of Sion slash the chimera's departure that she's looking at. And, I mean, it makes sense for it to be the latter because she's thinking about Ezra. Yeah. As as heartbroken as she is, not being with her friend and not knowing if he's, if he's okay, she got what she wanted. She got Ezra home. Ezra she got, got home. She got to see Ezra again. And this is a price that she she was willing to pay and she is willing to pay. Yeah. And Ahsoka says, Ezra is where he needs to be. And so are we. It's time to move on. Yeah, that's really what they've been yep. working toward, being able to move on. Because the... Move on and find a Pergo or whatever Balin is so they can get back to our universe because I just get them back. Or, get them wait, back, wait, Dave. Wait, what are you what, or let them have their own adventure here. Whatever's here is also important. They're just going somewhere. They would have gone somewhere anyway. I know. I just... I, I know. I know. They made a choice. They they made their choice, and they're. But ending with Sabine just kind of staring off, and oh, I felt yeah. like nothing, just shadows in the starlight. And we pull back as they walk away. I had it written down, and... Anakin? Question mark. Yeah, yeah. Anakin. And that's where we fade the credits, and we go to. The great mother is weaving the ta- the threads of fate as they, because they mentioned oh! specifically the threads of fate, oh, and wow. they are based off. Mentioned specifically the threads of fate several times in like episode five and six. So yeah. like, yeah, no, it's definitely like, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh wow, that's really really great because the credits, we thought that that was like cartography, right, and these etchings of of patterns, but. It's and like like threads, and, and I agree. Well, like the threads that are moving mm. seem to be, but the like yes, the cartog- cartography because like that's what like the Night Sister hinges and stuff had mm. in it. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, you and I spent several emotional minutes listening to this music together, which I really enjoyed. I mean, in part, I just needed that that time. <laughs> 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 I just needed that time myself, so. Well, Greg, war. What is? What are you wearing? <laughs> we go to the wardrobe department. I was thinking about this as we started to wrap this up a little bit because I was kind of just wondering. You um, get six answers, one for every episode. Sorry, you can't do that to me. You Wait, can't do that to I me. I thought I was doing. I was doing you kindness. 
No, because then there's two. No. Uh, okay. Apologies. Withdrawn. Have fun being um, a noty. Because <laughs> what else are you no, going to have like, a chance? Like, like, okay. 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 I love Wes Chasen's uh, Enoch. Enoch. I love yeah. the helmet. Second, that I saw like the Roman yeah, guard type. And I was like, oh, this is incredible. But like. Oh. For selfish reasons, I know that I mentioned not wanting to cross racial lines. Mm -hmm. For selfish reasons, just being Ezra as LS757, or even just like wearing that and just kind of having people know it's Ezra under (laughs) there. Like, yeah, I feel like having it it, it disguised is like the only way I feel like I could comfortably do that. Because, but I just. Oh, that's kind of brilliant. No, because you are playing. LS-757, pre-headshot, or even post-headshot. Oh, no, you could go in like an AU version where you're a zombo, which is the singular of zombie, which is the plural. I think just because of just like how much seeing Ezra standing there saying I'm home means to me, like that's just just what I want to choose as like the selfish version. Yeah, there's like the the racial lines part of it, but... You set that as a wise boundary for yourself, which I I respect and I and I support. So, what would be your next choice? Enox. Yeah, right. Just especially because I already chose uh, Balin Skull. It would have to be Enox because just like I love that and and uh, although although actually you know what you know what screw cocky screw oh, cocky here we go may have to be a little bit of like puppeteering kind of a thing like my <laughs> friend Darren who has his K2SO puppet hot yeah, yeah. <laughs> plus I'm Scottish American like ancestry so like David Tennant's just, oh, yeah, just absolutely. Scott straight up so like yep local boy respect so you know what I've actually been given thought of it I don't think that I've ever done a wardrobe before, but I've actually got an idea here. Oh, please tell. Yeah. I was going to say, hey, can you guess? There's absolutely no way you can guess. Because my idea is to dress up like the Chimera with the Eye of Scion. I'm thinking some sort of elaborate hat. I'm not even kidding. Imagine this. A hat shaped like a Death Star with this fucking dope crown ring behind me. Star Destroyer. Uh, Star Destroyer. You said yeah. Death Star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hatched like a Death Star. Like, cocky, cocky. fucking space balls. We are so on this wavelength here because as I was writing Star Destroyer earlier, I wrote Death Star instead and I was like, oh, that's not oh, it. No. So yeah. we're just on this same wavelength the entire time. Like, I was even primed because I'm looking at that shot with the Eye of Scion, like, syzygying the planet Dathomir. But how dope would that be? I'll even wear the jodpers. I'll wear the, the full thrown outfit. I won't do face paint. Boots and jawed purse. Oh, God, I overheat so easily. I'll put some fans in the Star Destroyer. It'll be fine. You say you ordered the face paint, but when he said, like, what do you think? I was kind of thinking for, for a second Thrawn there, because, like, I I could see you pulling off Thrawn if you, if you, if you wanted to. It just so shows. Oh, thank you. Ooh. I mean, I you... cut my hair. Unless we go, like, <laughs> romantic era Thrawn from those... Wonderful pictures uh-huh. that people, yes, yes, or, or, or uh, uh, that we sure oh, enjoyed. Man, I love her. Well, uh, Kaki, 
what what about for your tie-in? What are you feeling? Well, I mean, I'd like a second season of this fucking show, Greg, is what I'd like. Please, Dave. Uh-huh. I know it's not even Dave's choice either, per se, because that's like a business decision, but at the same time, like... No, I actually have a... No, seriously, there's a time that I want. I want this whole adventure from the perspective of the great mothers who... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say from the perspective of Hugh Yang, so it's just like Hugh <laughs> no, Yang. we just know what it looks like. Bitching. <clears throat> just bitch at the entire so time. Don't <laughs> listen to me. Don't listen to me. I don't know why I even bother. <laughs> I'm older than I'm older than I'm all older of than them. God. I was around when God was constructed. No, I have turned the Jedi Temple in a blue box. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> no, but from the perspective of the Great Mother. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. And specifically, now, now, are you saying that just because you want to see more of Claudia? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But I want to know more about. These great mothers whose names you told me about them. I'm trying to see if I can find them. What are they called again? Oh, yes. Clotho, Octropal, and Lachesis Onaka. I want to. <laughs> I want to see what this looks like from their perspective because they're. <laughs> they're scheming. I don't even think that they're Dathomirian. I think that they're just scheming ants of Hondo Onaka who've painted their faces and got some kick-ass holograms. I'm like, oh, Thrawn, he's still falling for it? Okay. Okay. Well, Kaki, one thing I can tell you about any future like appearances of Ahsoka is they're going to have to change her outfits because cosplayers found the fabric that they used and they were buying up so much it suddenly like basically that fabric no longer exists because it was silk that was made in china like the 70s whoa cosplayers were buying so much that suddenly disney like like realized like oh crap we know what's happening and they had they bought like the last of it oh wow (laughs) yeah there's a very good chance they're gonna have to change costumes entirely because cosplayers kind of sort of ruined well I'm sure. No, I'm sure they could hold an amnesty or something. I'm reminded of like uh, in in Battlestar Galactica that happened. Like the the uh, the manufacturer that made uh, the material that the uniforms were made out of. You know, the officers' uniforms from Battlestar Galactica like went out of business, and they bought up the last bolt of it. Yes. But after that, people just stopped getting shot while wearing their jackets. I I forgot about that until now, and I was just like, oh yeah, you did. T- we did talk mm-hmm. about this, and now it's like, oh, it's like, uh. but yeah. I think these three are not wizards. I think they're Hondo's wine ants. <laughs> they schemed their way into a distant galaxy. It didn't work out for them because that's how it goes for the Onaka family. And now they're off back to see how their favorite nephew is doing and see if they can pit him against their other favorite nephews that he doesn't even know about yet. Jabba the Hutt? <laughs> well, he, he certainly goes by Jabba every now and again. <laughs> well i would say tune into our next episode unless there's a season no, hold two on. we don't tune into oh. our next episode there will be a season two and we will be talking about it greg live in hope okay tune, tune into right. our next episode yes. whenever it happens 
And if you just want more, more Rebel Air, then do what they did with Star Trek and just write a bunch of letters to, to Disney demanding more Ahsoka so you have more Rebel Air. Because <laughs> yeah. I totally worked well Star Trek season three. <laughs> oh, God, yes. <laughs> brain, 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 brain. You'll get it once you watch The Joy of Trek, which is coming out as soon. <laughs> there will be a trailer pretty soon. I'll put it up here as well. I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening to all of our nonsense. We're, we'll be back. We'll be back when they do we more. We'll be back. So Come good. on. Just... Yes. I'm cocky. I'm Greg. What's your excuse? I miss you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>